0: I
1: consider, I consider myself, myself the luckiest, luckiest man, man on the face, on the face, of, the face of the earth. I've been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live
0: for. Hey guys, it's David Burns, the founder of BaseballJobsOverseas.com, and this is our podcast that helps to inform you about the many playing and coaching opportunities around the world. Hey guys, today we have Lisa Malden on the podcast She's joining us from Japan, where she's currently living year round and playing. She's heading into her third season in 2022, and she's gonna tell us all about her experience, what it's like just living in Japan and playing between the white lines in a country where the game is actually quite different, as we all know. She's played all around the world ever since she joined uh, up for baseball jobs overseas in 2015, signing her first contract in Austria, then off to Belgium. She's played in Italy. She's played in Australia. She's played in New Zealand. She's played in Holland. She's been everywhere. So she's a real good resource of information, and this time she shares everything you need to know about living and playing softball in Japan. So without further ado, let's get on with this interview with our former softball recruitment manager at Baseball Jobs Overseas, Lisa Malden. Two years now in Japan. Yeah. I I got a ton of questions, but let's just start with a real basic one. How's it going? How was the season?
2: So things are good. Um, We just finished the season this past weekend. We had the All Japan Tournament, which is um, all the professional teams, some of the top, club teams and then also some of the top university teams in the entire country. And they all come together. I think there's about 30, 32 teams and you just play a one V one and then three days tournament and that's it. Um, we finished league about two weeks ago, which was good. Um, normally we have the tournament before the end of league, but because of COVID we had to switch it around. Um, but yeah, I'm just enjoying a couple days, um, in between seasons at the moment. I'm trying to go to Universal, trying to go to Tokyo Disneyland if possible. So just doing the touristy stuff now because I have a few days off.
1: (laughs) Awesome. How is the transition between – because you guys were in the second league last year and you won it and got promoted to the first league. And how's that transition been?
2: The only thing that's really different is, um, yes, the level of play. There are a ton more imports in the top division, which is really good. Um, There is a two-import limit per team. And mostly, I don't know, I think it's just be the mindset um, of the top league girls that's different. They're more free swingers (laughs) and they hit far, whereas the other girls in the second division are more contact and just look to get on base. That's at least from a pitcher-hitter perspective that I've talked about with some of the pitchers before. But otherwise, the transition's been all right. Um, We get to play in really nice stadiums now, which is good, instead of just random ballparks and such. Um, I think that's one of the coolest things is getting to basically take a baseball stadium and build it into a softball stadium and we play there for the weekend. So cool.
0: Is it, so it's a, is it considered a professional league, the top league and, yes. and you draw fans?
2: Yes. So this is in my opinion, arguably the top in the world at the moment. So we just finished the 54th Um league or year within this league. Um, Whereas America hasn't even really had a professional league. Well, at the moment, they don't really have one. Um, The NPF folded, unfortunately. Um, Those teams are moving over to one of the new league's Um, So at the moment, Japan is the most established league in the world, and they do draw a crowd. Um, Everybody here knows Weino-san, which is the pitcher for Japan. And if you don't, I mean, if you know who she is and you don't even have to be a sports person here, she's just a celebrity. Um, And it's cool to have our sport recognized. Like some guy came to fix the gas in my apartment today, and he didn't know anything about softball or what was around my apartment, but he knew who Weino was. So it's really cool for our sport in that regard.
0: I know like the Japanese are just really intense when it comes to baseball. I'm assuming softball is is the exact same thing with like six hour practices and like pregame plus hours. I don't know. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that aspect and then that'll lead to the next question, which is how you. adjust.
2: Yeah. So for the girls, um, we get a little bit of leeway as imports, but for myself, I like to just, do everything that they're doing. It kind of builds that respect and it also makes it not just the imports and minimal, it makes it a team, which I really appreciate. Um, we our general schedule throughout the week is we normally maybe if we're lucky have Monday off and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're doing practices or scrimmage games depending on the time of the season or time of year. Um, and then on the weekends we have games for league or we have scrimmage games or non-league as you would call it, I guess. Um, in the morning, um, myself and the girls go to company. Um, I go twice a week, the girls go four times a week at least. <laughs> and they go from eight in the morning until 12-ish. Um, and then we start practice at 1.30 until six, seven, eight, depending on the time of year. Um, if we don't have enough light, like currently it's five, not even five yet, and it's getting dark out, so we get lucky, um, we probably just have some weights or some conditioning in the dark. Um, For games and such, we normally travel a couple days before we have practice at a random field just to stay in shape after traveling on a bus or flying for however long. And then we would have a set time at the field, um, normally about an hour and a half. Um, And because we are playing in Japan and they do like to prepare, we um, normally have an additional practice before our practice. So that's fine. Um, and then on game days, we like to get there a couple hours early. Like you said, we do a lot of, um, kind of like a collegiate routine almost, um, just depends on what kind of space we have. Most of the time, since it is a baseball field, we have the behind the fence in between the baseball and the softball fence to work and like do front toss and things like that, or hit long tee. And if I'm saying words that don't make sense, because I have not been in America in a while, <laughs> so like long tea, um is just, I guess, hitting side toss into the open. Um, mm-hmm. Showman, which is like front toss. Yeah, we do that as well. Um, but yeah, the majority of the time we don't have break. Like even though we just finished um, league last weekend, the girls are still practicing like today and mm-hmm. tomorrow. So they had a few days off to do some meetings to get ready for next season. But softball doesn't stop in this country especially because we are changing to the JD league next year which is going to be like a promotional first division I think they changed um sponsors type of a thing and it's just going to be a lot more for the fans um they're going to be doing a lot more inclusive stuff to try to get numbers up for ratings and things like that and yeah I'm excited about that for next season so hope that
1: answers how many hours a day do you think you put in uh or do you think the team puts in a day like between lifting weights conditioning batting practice uh bullpens for pitcher or yeah for the pitchers and with everything
2: um I think it would depend on whether it's a work day or not. Um, cause if you think about like a Saturday, if we have all day practice, we normally have Shugo, which is our meeting at nine o'clock, but we have to get to the field early to set up. Um, so normally it's about half hour beforehand. We start, um, lining the field, putting the bases out. And if we're away at a different field, we have to physically like make the field. So they'll get their tape measures out and the base pegs and the bases. And wow. yeah, it's, it's a bit of magic. I like it. Um, you could give these girls a dirt plot and they would go make a softball field in 20 minutes with a fence if they (laughs) wanted it. It's, it's incredible to watch them do that. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, we'll normally have lunch or so around 12 or one ish, depending on the time, half hour, an hour lunch. And then we'll be done around three to five to six, depending on the day. Um, and it's kind of the mindset of working from a nine to five. So if we're going (coughs) to work beforehand, We can go um, have our lunch, which is the hour or the 12 to uh, the 12 to one. And then we just kind of work until we're done. So five, six, seven o'clock. So it is a full 40 hour work week plus um, depending on what you're doing. So the pitchers during these long days, they do a lot of um, running, a ton of running. They throw enormous bullpens um and then depending on what kind of day they'll throw live to us or they'll throw what's called um which is um just kind of like an infield defensive drill they'll throw that to our batters as well so everybody's working they all have something to do and they'll if they don't have something to do they'll find something to do um whether you're injured or not yeah you'll be doing ab workouts leg workouts if your arm's injured you'll do your legs like that type of thing they will find something to do so part of the the setup and the whole
0: thing is you're working for a company that sponsors the team. Yes. I think you said earlier, like if you have company that day or something, yes. Uh, So that sounds to me like you got to go work for the sponsor in the morning and then you go to practice later. So my question is how often do you work like at the company? What is the company? I got lots of questions and does everybody do that or just the imports or, or how does that work?
2: So Ellen and I are the only import. So Ellen Roberts is the other import here. She plays for Australia, um, recent Olympian, good for her. Um, and both of us work for our designated companies. She works for Sano Holdings and I work for EBGen. Our, our club is a bit different because if you have a or a club like Denso or Toyota, they are sponsored by that company and that company only for us as minimal. I think we have, 11 sponsor companies. So you have two or three girls that are with one company, two or three girls that are with another company. Personally, I'm with our center fielder um, and we work at different areas in Ogaki as well. So it's a bit different, but for what I do at work personally is since I have a um, amateur sports visa, I have to do promotion of amateur sports. Um, So it's a bit difficult. Most of the time I would be recording myself like I am now. And then I would do a script and write it in English and Japanese and so that they can read it and also listen to English. And I just talk about my life, playing softball, traveling the world and things like that. Um, otherwise I'd help with English if I have the time doing some translations and things. I normally only go to work twice a week. And with COVID, it's been real chaotic to be honest. Um, so I haven't been in that often. I was in twice a week for sure over winter. Um, cause I did stay here through the winter season as well. Um, But yeah, the girls normally go four days a week from eight in the morning until 12. I have to work with the train schedule because it's about a 30-minute bike, um, which I'm not going to do in the rain. I apologize. Or in the snow. Um, So I go to the local train station for two stops and then that's it. So it gets off right at my work. But yeah, normally I get there around eight in the morning and then I'll leave just before 11. Um, I only told them that that was going to be the schedule that I wanted to do because I did come here to play softball. They gave me the option to work which is good. Um, of course, it's something different. I get a whole new perspective on life working in this company, which is what I wanted. Um, but then I did want to make sure that I have time to eat lunch and to breathe um, and things like that. So I do do a little bit of a less work schedule than the rest of the girls.
0: And then you yeah. get you earn less. Then it's basically the trade off there. But so, but whatever work, yeah. yeah. So, but you're set up pretty well then. Like obviously. the the apartment's taken care of um and so you got to put in a little little work on the side um but it seems Mm -hmm. like it's hard to call that too much (laughs) filming yourself that sounds like what we're doing right now like i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't consider this work um (laughs) how's how's your
1: japanese coming along
2: Uh, on the field, it's all right, to be fair. But like, if I go to company, it's just good morning. And then I'll crack a joke here and there that I can use from softball, like at work. And that's about it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's very difficult to be honest. Like the cool Mm -hmm. thing that Ellen gets to do is within Ellen's, um, realm of work is she gets to go to work and she gets to study. So, um, I'm really envious of that. Whereas I, I'm the first foreigner within EBDN to be working there, so they really don't know what to do with me, which is why I kind of do what I want. And Ellen gets to go and study every day, which is really good. And she has the local people around her that can um, help her with her studies and her teammates as well, because there's and now two other girls that work in the same um, what is that floor as her department. English is really hard these days as well. I apologize. Um, But yeah, the Japanese is coming along. I can say, hello, good morning, my name is this type of a thing. Um, If you think about baseball terminology in general, if you were to go up to like a normal random person and talk baseball to them, they would not understand a lick of what you're saying. And it's the exact same here. Like I can go up and talk to the girls in my little Japanese English or whatever combination thing we use, and they can understand me. But our translators that we have, if they don't know softball or baseball – It's like a three-way conversation Mm -hmm. where I'm talking to the translator in trying to get their Japanese, while they're trying to talk to me about me getting the softball Japanese. (laughs) It's um, this is a pocket talk. So they have technology for anything. It's basically a walkie-talkie. So you hold down the one button and you say, "My name is Lisa," and it'll spit out Watashiwa Lisa" this in Japanese. And yeah. The cool thing is you can use this at, like, company. Um, but, again, softball is a third language. It doesn't understand softball. Um, so it'll ask you, like, is this a good time for a hit and run? And then on the translator, it's like you just got hit by a car. So it doesn't work very well. That
0: comes in pretty handy. Like you're at the, Like, I was in Japan for one week, and it was like I was overwhelmed. Yeah. And I'm pretty yeah. well-traveled, I like to think, and I can, you know – And I just remember I forgot a charger like an idiot uh, for my computer. And I go to the local whatever media place and I'm just lost. Like getting there was a freaking task. And then get in there and it's just bright and there's freaking stuff going on everywhere and people everywhere and nobody speaks English. I'm like, excuse me, do you speak English? No, nobody. Finally, they found somebody to help me. Uh, but I had to be persistent because they just shy away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can only imagine what you're going through with that. Like yeah. it must be <laughs> a chore day to it, day.
2: Yeah. It's a bit wild. And the, the toughest part with COVID is we're not allowed to have translators from outside areas. So we had planned to work with translators from the Tokyo area. They were going to come work with us, but because of COVID they're not allowed to travel and within their company, they're not allowed to travel. And same for myself. Like I'm not allowed to go. Outside of the prefecture at the moment. And if I do, I have to stay home. Mm -hmm. So it's been a bit difficult just in general during this time. But yeah, with the language, it is a bit wild. And the unfortunate part is the people probably understood what you were saying, but they're very shy as a culture and they're very afraid to make mistakes, Mm -hmm. which can come off as shy and reserve. And for me, it's difficult because they know what they're talking about. They study Japanese and, or of course they say Japanese, they study English from a very young age, kind of like our middle school. But the way that their system works um, is they study, 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 but they don't practice speaking. So they have all the words and they know what to say Mm -hmm. and they're very grammatically correct, like sentence structure wise, but they just don't have that confidence to speak because they're afraid to fail. And that's ingrained within their culture, unfortunately. So that's something that I've experienced here a lot is just trying to break that barrier with my teammates. Like, we're going to figure out how to communicate, whether it's in English or Japanese or parts of both or whatever it is. But if we don't have a translator on game day and I need to figure this out, I need to be able to somehow communicate.
1: It so probably helps It's been a bit try- of a yeah, it probably helps yeah. when you try to like speak in like maybe broken Japanese and maybe makes them feel a bit more comfortable too because it kind of breaks that ice a little bit because that's kind of what I've experienced too going to places where I don't speak a language is if you try to speak in their native language, it makes them feel much more comfortable. And then they feel more comfortable if they try and speak yeah. English and maybe have a couple mistakes too.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um and we also have a couple girls that are super keen on learning English and they they will blurt out the strangest things that I've ever heard in English before and I'm just like I haven't heard that saying in, you know, 6 years. That's fine because they'll watch like YouTube where it's like this is how you say wash my car and then it'll tell you in Japanese and they'll be watching it like on the bus and things. It's really cool. Um But yeah, some of the girls will come up and say, yeah, I can't even think of a good example right now. They'll say some of the strangest stuff, like, have a beautiful day. And I'm like, thank you. Thanks. I will have a beautiful day today. Um, And then they kind of learn from each other as well. Um, And within their ranking system, uh, this is a whole (sighs) new can of do is they take the freshman senior thing to an entire new level. Um, So if you are a freshman or a Kohai, you don't really have the permission to talk or to be outspoken. So if you are someone that is very English intuitive, it's difficult for you to, or for them, I should say, to communicate with the foreigners because they're not, not supposed to, but they're supposed to be a bit more hush. If they are the senpai or the older classmen, then of course they should be free talking all the time. Um, but yeah, that's something within this culture that is very difficult to break. Um, Cause I try to tell them like in our culture, if you're a starter and you're a freshman, that's great. You get first dibs on what you want. Whereas here, no matter what you are, if you're a senior, you are the top of the pack. It's the staff, the seniors, and like our captains here, of course. And then everybody from age down. Every day when we come to the field, um, you say thank you to the field or please to the field before you even step onto the dirt. And then if you're like the youngest girl on our team, who's 18, she has to go up to every single person that's there already and say konnichiwa or good afternoon or whatever it is. And then as more people arrive, she has to say hello to every single person. Um, if you're like, um, a senior you only have to say hi to people who are the same or above you. So the GM, um, the coach, the staff and things like that. So it's a bit, it's a bit different. Um, it was wow. hard to get used to. Um, and it's interesting to try to figure out where Ellen and I or the other imports kind of mix in because we are Senpai. Um, we are like older classmen of course. But we're also like I don't want them to be afraid of me, so I try to go up and say hi to them every day and try to break that barrier of the senpai kohai thing. It's a bit, it's a bit ingrained in them still. There's a lot of change um, happening um, within just softball and this culture in general over time, but that's one of the things I think is going to be very difficult to break. So, mm. yeah,
0: that segued right into what I was actually going to ask you, um, yes. which is basically yeah. like. the the differences in the game um, between what you're used to in the U.S. um, through college softball. And uh, we won't even bring Europe into there because that's a whole different. Yeah. Let's just compare directly to like what somebody growing up and playing softball in the U.S. and now you're in Japan, there's going to be cultural differences. So like little things, little routines, little. uh, Uh And then, of course, just the whole style of play is going to be going to differ so yeah to hear a little more about any of that whether it's the cultural subtleties like things within the team and and the rankings like you're just talking about or just like the style of play or, or whatever anything you got to add
2: I think the the best part about Japan is they do have a segue system into college for their athletes. So you can go from high school, you have a choice whether you want to attend college and do the four year program and play softball for four years, or you can go straight to professional if you want, if you're good enough, you can try out for teams. Um, throughout the season, we have people that come and try out randomly. Like coach will be like, Hey, we've got two freshmen or two, um, high schoolers coming tomorrow. It's like, okay. So, um, that's pretty nice to actually have, because in other places in the world, they don't have softball that's competitive in college. So it's kind of like, why do you play softball? And in my experience in Europe, they do it because they love the sport. They enjoy playing with their friends or they want to represent their national team. Where here it's like, I can go do all that and in college as well. Um, they do have to pay for all their stuff from what I've been told. And on the collegiate teams here, there's literally 50 people on a roster, 50, five, zero. And that's something that I just am mind blown. Every time that I see a college team rock up, there's, it's literally a bus and they just file out and file out and it never stops. Um, at the tournament this past weekend, like half were playing and then half were like subs and the other half were like literally cheerleaders on the side. It was really cool to see. It's something I've never seen before. Um, But yeah, other things about softball here. If you think about the build that us Americans have, we're just a bigger breed of people. Um, And if you think about the smaller girls that are playing softball in America, their style is very similar to the Japanese style. And from what I've experienced here, they have taken the sport and they have made it into their own in the sense of they're not trying to go off of the American style as much as everybody else in the world does. Um, Like Europe, most of the time you can use the same terminology because it's very linear. Whereas here they've created an entire new word bank, an entire new way to play this game. And they've taken their strengths um, from their body size and the way that they are strong, like with their core and with their arms, and they've made that into their style of play. Whereas, us Americans, we just really <laughs> rely on our lower half and um, our just brute strength. And we can get away with being a little bit lackadaisical in like our fundamentals and things sometimes. Whereas the girls here don't have that option because they're not strong enough. Um, these girls work out three, four times a week, maybe, and they're still not able to put on the muscle mass that I have and some of the other Americans or imports have. So they have to find different ways to compete against. America against Mexico, Italy, and all the other like national teams and things like that.
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm assuming from a, a import standpoint, like if they're looking at bringing an import, they probably don't have like, they're looking someone to come in as a pitcher and just fire, like a fireballer, because again, coming yeah. to size thing, they don't have someone that maybe can throw, give me a, what, what is like the equivalent of 95 or a hundred <laughs> in softball? Well,
2: it's about um, 70, I'd say, 70 plus. So Monica Abbott throws around 70 right now, and she's 30-something. And Weno throws about 70-ish as well. Um, right. The men's, when they get going, it's like 80, 80 plus um, right. from 40-some-odd feet, which is a bit ridiculous. But, yeah, it's
1: like 110 uh, miles per hour, 150 yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, of course, from the hitting standpoint, so they're looking for someone to come in and throw smoke, and someone to hit bombs as an import. They're not looking for some tiny person to come in and be another tiny person out there, right?
2: The amount of times that I've been told, "Lisa, home run, home run," I'm like, "Okay, awesome. <laughs> oh, I'll do my best." That's literally what I tell them. I'll do my best.
0: So. Um, my I, well, I forgot something to do with. Oh yeah, how did you have to? How does your game changed um, based on all this? Because like you come in, you have to be the power hitter. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure yeah. you adapted some of their style, like without even really knowing yes. it. Yes, basically participating. So I'd be curious to hear how your game has changed that way.
2: Um, last year was difficult in the sense of I want I was at every practice for the majority of the time, either hitting, fielding, doing everything that they were doing. Um, and learning what they're doing because I want to make sure that I'm doing what my coach is asking, but also making sure I'm staying true to myself. And that line was very, very gray and crossed many, many times. Um, because I of course want to take in as much that as like, they're going to give me here because it's only going to help me down the line. It's not going to hurt me to have this additional information and and these additional skills. Um, it was just very difficult when they're, when they're asking for, you need to hit home runs. Okay. well. I'm going to do my best considering that my style was never, I was in college, I was never someone to hit only home runs. I was someone who got on base consistently and was doing my job consistently. So trying to also talk with my coaching staff about the importance of that is still a work in progress, but we're getting there. Um, And I would definitely say that if you think majorly for American style hitting, you are bottom hand heavy. So since I'm a lefty, I use a lot of my right hand and then a little bit less on my top hand, whereas the Japanese are very different and they are looking to almost make contact in the most powerful point in their body, which is right in the middle. And they're looking almost to make contact and make it as hard as they can there. A lot of the stuff that we were doing, um, like hitting drill wise was very different to what I've ever seen in my life. And, um, I told them I'd try it and then I'd give them some advice on things that I would do as well. Um, it was, yeah, it's just a very different thing to do. So when I was failing at doing the Japanese style, I needed to remember that I'm not Japanese. And my head coach had also said at one point that if the Americans were able to take the Japanese style and mix it, then the rest of the world would be in trouble because that would be the top of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the Japanese team at the moment that just beat America, they are very much two different styles. They are American and they are also themselves Japanese. So they have made a system that works at the top internationally. And that's something that our coach wanted us to do as well, is have all those tools. Um, because they all grew up knowing the Japanese style, of course. Um, but he wanted to integrate more of an American style as well. Can you give um, a little, speak- any examples? Yeah. So. Well, we can talk about the 15,000 swings that you got to do in one month um, and why we're doing that. That's something that um, is very different. We would never be told in America, hey, you've got a month and you've got 15,000 swings, go for it. Or on one day, you have a thousand swings. Are you kidding? I remember the first time my coach told me that, I thought it was mistranslated. And I was like, okay, that's funny. But he was completely serious. Um, So that during those times he has us do separate types of sets, whether it's like rapid hitting, um, because a lot of times they're not focusing on actually like contact to extension where a lot of us Americans would, it's mostly contact, contact, contact and finish. And that's it. Mm. Um, I also think that that comes with the professionalism of knowing what this drill is for. So sometimes I'm looking at the girls on their like 700 swing and it's just kind of one of these (laughs) because they're tired. I get it um other things that i i'm trying to think i was in a game once and my coach had said i want you to punch the ball with your left hand so my top hand and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to do what coach says. And that's very Japanese style. And it works, but my contact points were completely different. And they like to put your contact points more in the center of your body and also kind of one, two, three, not staggered out as we have mm-hmm. been taught in America, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so trying to do a little bit of both of that um, is difficult because if I'm trying to do the Japanese style, I've got to get everything here. But if I'm doing everything the American style, it's more this way. So... It's a bit of a struggle yeah. um specifically with some of the drills too they'll they'll do something called um gaku which is you change your grip and you swing normally but mm-hmm. with a change grip now we would never do that in america um except for like a warm-up or something different but they're actually doing it for their contact point and to get that snap of their wrists. so mm-hmm. Yeah, there's tons of different drills that I've learned here. I've got a whole book going. (laughs) So, um, yeah, kind of taking little examples from here and there and keeping it and using what I can and showing the opposite as well. So, yeah, it's a bit bit nuts, to be honest, but I love it. (laughs) There's sometimes an information overload, but... I wouldn't have it any other way. I'd like to learn more. And I think that's something that I was a bit frustrated with this season because we didn't have a consistent translator. So my coach is giving all this brilliant information and I can't understand it. So, but yeah, that's another story.
0: Give (laughs) me a question. His face has question written all over it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I
1: just wanted to, uh, I wanted to kind of transition here because you've also played in other parts of the world. You've played in Europe, you've played in New Zealand. And New Zealand's really big in softball. And yeah, how does how is the style of play in New Zealand compared to the U.S.? Because in New Zealand, softball is a huge sport there. And the level of play is quite high. Maybe not as high as Japan, but um, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's also quite different too. How would you say – because you went from New Zealand straight to Japan. And how, yeah. how has that transition been? Um, well <laughs> –
2: You've been there, Jimmy. It's um, yeah. a bit of a uh island place. Yeah. Island. Um, I love it. <laughs> and the men's game there is incredibly strong internationally. And I think one of the things that I like to do is talk with the boys about um, what skills they have or what like drills they're doing or just watching their practices and their games because I'm honestly going to learn more from them than the international women, and I don't want that to come off bad. It's just more that the level of play – from the men's is much higher than the women's internationally in New Zealand. Um, So there are some talented girls in New Zealand. Obviously they did have a um, fairly talented team back in the day at the moment. They're lacking pitching internationally. So it's a bit difficult, Um, but they are smart. And I think that's the one thing about softball, regardless of where you're playing it is where teams are lacking. um, They have to build other ways to beat teams. So here in Japan where they lack in power, they build in smarts. And they find different ways around the power. And I think New Zealand, a lot of the girls are smart and that's something that we can do is do more practices to increase our skills Um, and things like that. So um, I
1: feel like the level of play probably in New Zealand compared to Japan, is like polar opposites where like the Maori culture, it's like super strong, brute force, hit bombs, throw the ball hard. Whereas in Japan, it's more tactical, like, small ball type play, like putting the ball where you want it, getting on base. Um, So I can see where where it probably helped you coming from New Zealand, learning from the men's softball culture, where they try to hit bombs, going into Japan where they expect you to hit home runs. That probably helped you a little bit.
2: It did, actually. Um, I used to watch a lot of the men's stuff, um, whether it was online or in person, and just try to figure out how they were playing this game at such a high level without doing what we did in America in the sense of we played club, we went to university, we did all this stuff. Like, how are these people being successful without the information that I was given or that we're offered in America? And you're exactly right with that. Um, And we are polar opposites in the sense of, if you were able to watch the Olympics, um, Japan won a few games because of their style of play and the other teams couldn't they one couldn't defend it and two they weren't able to do it offensively and one of that is a hit and run a hit and run in definition wise is hit the ball on the ground as hard as you can to the right side of the field the majority of the time um, to try to advance a runner and do things like that here in japan if you have a runner on third and you get a hit and run sign it is put the ball hit it on the plate or in front of the plate where you would put a bunt down normally and make the ball bounce Mm. so that the runner is able to score. And I remember trying to explain this to one of my pitchers before that was an import. She's like, why do they keep saying and run? And what is going on? Because it is a hit and run, but it's not an American style hit and run. Um, So just being able to adapt in that way is something that some of the teams tried to do in the Olympics. Like I remember Mexico, they had tried to do a hit and run like this. Um, during the olympics they just changed their strategy and we're like let's we're gonna try it and i can't remember if it worked out or not but i know japan they had won to mexico in the eighth inning or the ninth on an andron japanese style and then they had also done this against the states um so that's just something that we would know playing in this league um i'm trying to think of what else but yeah i lost a train of thought i apologize no, um fine. yeah <laughs> So most of the time when we do the, the tonai renki, which was sometimes the pitchers would throw, is that's what we're working on specifically is the small ball game. And I think that's what the Japanese are specifically good at. Yes, they can hit the long ball as well, but they are very, very good <laughs> at moving runners in the sense of bunts, pushes, slaps, basta. Um, and run there's so many things that we practice and we can do to advance a runner or to find a way on base besides just hitting and it really has opened my mind i hope i can put some of that not only into my style but also into when i'm a coach in the future so other people's style Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: staying on japan just for a second longer here um I, i'm sure any girls that are listening to this are thinking i want to go there i want to try it so how do you get into japan i know it's not easy um no what what do you think is the easiest route into japan
2: um you need to know somebody and they need to know you pretty well um so i i even say that i got lucky in the sense of um i was playing with a japanese girl in um new zealand and she was doing recruiting for minimal and she had asked me one day at least would you play in japan i'm like me go to Japan because they normally have a certain person or like profile and resume that they recruit for. Um, whether it's NPF, um, in America or like, top of SEC, PAC 12, those types of things. And that's, that's difficult to do. Um, so, and most of the time, like 99% of the time you need to use an agent. Um, because if you just email these teams, they're not going to understand what you're saying. It's going to be very difficult for them to communicate. It's not that they don't want to. It's just that if you can find someone to help you put it into Japanese, it's going to be a lot quicker of a process. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like we do with baseball jobs and such, you can email the teams, um, one by one and go from there. Um, but I would suggest definitely getting in touch with a few agents. Um, I I think,
0: sure. Like based, like just translating to baseball or what we've experienced with baseball is they also want to know that you have the right type of work ethic that would, would, you know, gel well with their style and the way they do things. So I think it's, as much about where you've played or your, your resume as it is who you are and, 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 you know, down to your core. So that's why it's really important that someone knows you and can say, yep, she, she would do well in Japan. Yep. or she, she would be a good person to bring to Japan. And I think it's the same with baseball as well. Yeah. yeah so
1: I no, I... Going through
0: that whole process of
1: getting signed with Japan. Cause we met up at that coffee shop in Henderson and I remember you were talking about it and you're just like, yeah, I might be able to go to Japan. I'm like, man, that'd be awesome. So, yeah. And I remember when you told me that it actually worked out that was, yeah. and
0: here we are now, two years later, you've helped the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's a cool story to see the trajectory of your career, you know, mm-hmm. like even your story going back that Carter wrote your written story. So anyone listening to this, there's also a written story about your career going from like water girl and middle school literally (laughs) to do you know like you know then you you know you graduated from seattle university and then you find yourselves in leagues (laughs) like belgium and hungary which hey great i'm overseas and i'm getting the experience but like Mm -hmm. hungary to japan is like a whole like day so it's just kind of cool (laughs) that so that actually segues into one of the questions i had first set foot on the uh um, college softball field in Seattle uh, in 2011 if you go back 2011 do you did you even was this even a thought that you might be playing at the highest level
2: in the world no no I mean easily stated not because when I had first stepped onto campus in 2010 maybe December 2010 I had told myself I wasn't going to play softball at all I actually quit softball in high school. Um, so my first experience of walking on campus was this is going to be a great place for me for four years. And then, of course, um, my high school coach had said like, yeah, you're not going to get away with that. You're going to play somewhere. So he ended up getting in contact with Dan Powers, who is the coach at the time at Seattle U. Basically just said, hey, please just try to convince this girl to play softball. And eventually it worked out, and I never would have thought. I remember um, being a senior and her hearing about one of my friends saying, Oh, I'm going to Switzerland. So I'm going to go pitch and play in Switzerland. I'm like you're going to go somewhere overseas. And I only say it that way because she wasn't a, the best teammate. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. And I actually have the email that I sent to Burns from 2011 or 2015 pinned on my computer because I had asked, Hey, how do I, how do I do this? And you said, well, we've got boys and a blog post, so let's do it. (laughs) That was about it. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like Jimmy was saying, six years ago is when you first came overseas. So now you've really, like, how would you say you've improved or or overseas has helped you to improve your game? Like, from the day you started overseas to now, um, how much have you grown as a player?
2: I've, as a player immensely, um, I feel like I didn't not to bash on my college coaches. I just feel like I had learned a lot in club and I had a really good club coach and we had a lot of transition during my time in college with the staff and with going from D2 to D1 and then all these other things going on. Um, so I feel like I learned, but I wasn't very attentive. That might be a better way to put it. Um, and then overseas you learn, everything, like anything and everything about yourself, about your game, like talking about Hungary and Belgium, was I necessarily going to learn a ton of crazy new stuff? No. Um, but would I learn a new style for the game? Of course. A different way to practice? Of course. Um, a different way or a coaching style? Yes. Um, and I think that all comes down to being receptive. And for myself, like I left my first team early in Austria. Um, I was a bit selfish um, so growing up and maturing and realizing that this opportunity isn't just given out to anyone at all. Like you have to really work for it, whether you're a baseball or a softball player, whether you're going to Europe or you're going to Japan or wherever you're going, like someone else could have this opportunity and you need to be thankful for it regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've, I had talked with my dad as well recently, um, cause I went home for a month or so and he was astounded by how much I had grown as a, as a young woman, as my dad would put it, um, just maturing and being thankful for the things. I think that really has been Japan though, that real impact on me. Um, cause the way that they go about their business here, if they're not thankful or they don't show their gratitude, it comes back to them. That's how they think it is. And it's just within their culture to be extremely polite and thankful for everything um the amount of times they say thankful or like thank you or i'm sorry it kind of drives me crazy sometimes but it's because that's just who they are as a culture and i think that's really rubbed off on me in the best way so i love that
1: (laughs) that's awesome uh that kind of leads me to my next question which would be like how has traveling and playing softball around the world affected you as a person and how have you learned from that like in terms of life experiences and how you've grown personally outside of softball?
2: Yeah. um, I really pretty much already
1: answered it with that last question.
2: (laughs) Oh, good. Like when I go home, I meet with some of the people that I've met with consistently. So whenever I go home, I'll meet with some of the same people. as year by year, every two years. And some of them are still doing the same thing. um, That same job they don't like, or they're doing, um, you know, still with that same person that they're just kind of okay with, but maybe don't want to marry and that type of thing. And for myself, like one of the guys, um, that I had had lunch with was like, Oh, your glasses are like $5. I'm like, you have Ray-Bans, but when was the last time you traveled or did something for yourself? Like for me, I'd much rather have that experience that travel, um, and learn something. Um, there's money is an object. It helps of course, but I've learned that through traveling and things, those experiences I'm going to have forever, where if I go buy a new laptop or a new phone, I'm going to have it for however long it lasts me, you know, like those types of things. Um, I think that's something that I've learned a lot about is just trying to follow your passion and like whatever you're happy about, go do it. There shouldn't be a reason for you to sit at home and not try. And if you're doing something back home, you can do it across the world. I I talk with people about this all the time because if you're a teacher in America you can go do that overseas easily and you can play right. softball or baseball if you want why not like same with studying. there's so many opportunities not
0: even more yeah. like you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: and also yeah. it's always there when you want to come back like usually that that same job <laughs> yeah. that you just left you can always go back to it worst case scenario usually
2: Yes. And like for myself, I feel like I put so much into my career and to traveling and things like that now, because when I do settle down and have a family, it's going to be very difficult to pay for the, the kids to come and for the husband and, you know, for the house sitter and things like that. Like, I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to be able to play softball at this level forever. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So there's no reason to put that off at the moment, at least not for me. So, and I am thankful that I do have that time and that room to actually like put the other things in life aside for a bit and focus on my career this way. It's really a blessing. So I'm um, yeah. I'm just happy when I've been overseas, I've transitioned more into being a yes person and it's bit me in the ass a few times, but at the same time I get more out of it than I do saying no consistently, trying new things, going to new places, um, talking with different people, taking oh, new man. opportunities. Like, yeah. I was afraid to come to Japan because of the food, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, I'm very thankful yeah. that I said, I'm here now. So, yeah, I don't eat seafood. So, this is a very scary place for me. Ooh, um, man, I would
0: love going to Japan. So,
2: <laughs> I know, i are fine.
0: <laughs> fine. Hey, they got KFCs and stuff, so you're good. Like, yeah, I, I, would, I would live there because I also don't eat the fishy stuff and everything. But I remember I was in Tokyo. And where did I go? I went to like an Irish pub and had like yeah. <laughs> Guinness, you know, like Man, so You got
1: to be the whole purpose. Go get some sushi.
0: I know. I, did. I almost I- threw up. I was, oh, with, I, was I met up with uh, our buddy there and he took me out. At first he got me drank, we drank that sake all night. And I was, I'm fresh off the plane. So I'm jet lagged. And then we, I got home at five, six in the morning home as in my Airbnb, some taxi driver. I just had to trust him that he'd get me there.
2: Um, like the diet stuff here, it's very different because the girls and with baseball, this is an old baseball thing, whatever you're given. You eat it all regardless. And if you're an older classman and you don't like something, you eat it or you give it to the underclassmen. Mm -hmm. So if the coach doesn't finish all their food or the staff or the, or the foreigners for God's sakes, the girls have to finish all of our food as well. And you can't leave anything on your plate. And this is um, something that's from baseball and has traveled down to softball and is still very old school style of thinking. So each of the girls will eat the exact same amount of stuff regardless of who you are. Um, And that's them. And for us trying to, um, say that like, I don't eat seafood and they're like, Oh, is lobster? Okay. I'm like, no, that comes from the water or like, Oh, is clams? Okay. Like So I have to tell them now, if it's from water, I have to literally do this motion, from water, I don't want it. So (laughs) that's one of those like just adjustment things, I guess. But it is very different.
0: (laughs) I want to do a couple of fun things, all right? Uh, Do's and don'ts in Japan. We'll see how this goes. First one is food. Do's and don'ts. Is there anything you should eat or when you go to Japan or should try? And is there something you definitely shouldn't do, which is like, Not finish your meal, for example.
2: All right, so the do's is you need to try everything. Um, Unfortunately, that's just how it works. There's a thing called natto here, it's um, fermented soybeans. You need to try it, it's a challenge. The first day I was here, um, we had team dinner and things like that. And um, Sarah, one of the other imports, was like, You know, my first year I had to do this, so. Here you go. Literally fermented soybeans. It was terrible. The girls either love it or hate it, but again, they have to eat it. Um, Don't with your chopsticks. There's a lot of things you shouldn't do with your chopsticks. That's a whole, there's a whole like ideology behind it. It's um, a very interesting culture with their chopsticks. But personally, I prefer chopsticks now if you know how to use them. It's just being able to use them in a like around the Japanese people politely. Um, It's kind of like where we have table manners as well with certain things with our forks and knives and they have it as well. Um, But for the foreigners, they kind of accept a little bit less with the chopsticks. So um, I would say don't mess up your chopsticks, your chopstick manners. Is that how you would say that? Do's and don'ts with travel. Ah, do use Shinkansen. It is expensive, but do use it because the speedy train here is Shinkansen. It gets you there in lightning speed. That's one of the things that the Japanese are super proud, proud of. Um, and also when you're traveling places, look up things that are local from that area. So like ramen. If you want to eat ramen, it's all different across the country. Every single prefecture, most general like huge cities, they're all different. Um, like Kobe is famous for beef, which is good. Kyushu um, area is famous for ramen. So there's a lot of things that you should do when you're traveling. Um, and I would say food. Don't when you're traveling, don't talk on the train. Don't. Eat on the train. Don't do anything foreign on the train. Um, So basically, sit there, read a book. Just be very good with your trained manners, I guess, as well. And a lot of the don'ts might be manner related because that's very Japanese. Um, And yeah, not much else with the don'ts on the travel. Just just be very courteous, I would say.
0: Unlike the European trains where you're eating and drinking and you could have your own little party right there and they're not.
2: Exactly
0: crazy. Yeah, they have their own Oktoberfest. They got music blaring, they got a bunch of beers. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. We can go on about that. Um do's and yeah. don'ts um All right, let's let's try this. Do's and don'ts with like customs or manners.
2: All right. Um anywhere you go, you should always learn "simasen" or aside which is I'm sorry or I apologize. Um like the girls will make an error, they'll be oh gomen, like oh Every time, every time F- never fails, um and also learn I would say um, just like the good morning, good afternoon, and that type of a thing. It's just very polite, and Onagashimas is like please, it's very um kind, and even if you try just a little bit here in Japan, like I'll say Ohayo gozaimasu, like good morning, and people are thrown, that I can say good morning um so a little bit of effort goes a long, long way here um don'ts for the manners house shoes, never wear shoes in your house or in anybody's house or in your hotel. You're expected to wear other shoes. Um, you can't just wear the shoes that you were at the, like using at the field. You have to bring a separate set of shoes for dinners and meetings and things like that. So yeah, that was one of the things that like going home, I was like, Oh, you guys don't have house shoes here. Like, what are we doing? So I literally have my bag of house shoes to bring to my family's house and things like that. And I thought I was nuts, but my socks were clean and my feet were clean, which is perfect.
0: So <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what matters.
0: All right. Last do and don't, uh, at the field.
2: Do, do extra no matter what. Um, whether it's like cleaning the field, whether it's extra reps, um, whether it's, talking things like that always do extra things that you don't do at the field is stand around never never ever just stand there even as a foreigner people be like Lisa are you all right right?" I'm like yeah I just taken a like a break a little breather it's been eight hours but um I'm trying to think what else we don't do at practice there are a lot of things that we do and don't do but yeah standing around is definitely one of them that really gets people going um yeah ah also do not kick the balls in America. We corral the balls with our feet sometimes because lazy and you're not allowed to use your feet at all. Um, with anything here, basically it's very frowned upon and it's, um, rude actually. So like one of the first times I was just playing like hacky sack with a ball cause I was bored doing whatever. And the ball went to one of the other girls and she kicked it back to me and she got yelled at immediately and said, you're not to do that, you're Japanese. Do not use your feet with the ball, even if the foreigners do it. I'm like, well, why did nobody tell me? So wow. that's kind of one of the things here too. It's yeah, it's a bit wild. Yeah, he's kind of like feet. walking
0: on eggshells there a little bit, but I guess they have some leeway with the with the foreigners. Cool. Yeah,
2: they'll let you know. Yeah, they'll let you know the first time, and then afterwards, yeah, that's about it. We also have a system where it's like a fine system. Like if you say, oh, it's too hot. Uh, yeah, that's 100 yen. Or that's a dollar. Like what? It's hot. like, but I normally don't say it, but yeah, that's something that we do I like too. That.
0: I like all that. Um, one more yeah. little fun thing. Sorry, Jimmy, did you have something? No, you're good. I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. I could tell you were squirming. I'm like, he's got to pee. Can you just quickly tell me from your first season overseas to now the city, the country and the city you lived in?
2: Oh God. Okay. Um, I lived in Wiener Neustadt, Austria. I lived in Mertem, <laughs> Belgium, um, where I played and represented or where I lived. Because huh. I played in Brisbane, um, but I lived in Redlands or Thornlands area in Australia. Okay. I lived in the center of Budapest, um, Hungary, um, Auckland, New Zealand area. I've lived a few different places. Um, and then I have also lived in, Oh, I can't remember the town's name, but I played in Harlem, um, the Netherlands and for Lee, Italy. And now in Ogaki, Japan. Welcome back.
1: Hello. Sorry. I've been drinking way too much water this morning. Got to hydrate in the morning.
0: This goes to show how much I know <laughs> you now. Like <laughs> I just, I could just see it like earlier. I'm like, he has a question. And now I'm like, he has to pee. Like I just knew it. Um, so she just rattled <laughs> off every country she played in and the city within that country she lived in. And now awesome. I'm going to ask you to give me your, your top three of certain play. things, certain things. You ready? Kind of like the do's and don'ts, but
2: Ooh, okay. Okay. Okay.
0: And we'll try not to step on any toes. So like, if you I think, well, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to say that one. Cause I'm going to piss someone off and just skip it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Level of play. Top three. Level
2: of play. Japan. Italy, the Netherlands-ish from the time that I was playing in those countries. Yeah. And I'd say equally about now. So I'd say Japan for number one. And then maybe this next summer, Italy and the Netherlands will be fairly compatible and the same because they normally go back and forth depending and on the import.
0: Pretty big gap from Japan down to those two.
2: Yeah. it's um, Yeah, I would just say because in those other countries, there's talented players but there's not as many talented players. Whereas here in Japan, you've got 12 teams of top level athletes and there's only two imports allowed per team. Whereas some other countries, they don't have as many people within their league, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I also think the way that they practice here, whether you're on that 50 man squad in university or whatever it is, like you're going to get your reps and you're going to get that type of playing time and that exposure and that experience. So there's just a lot more softball to be played here, if that makes sense, as in comparison, practice games, good Job everybody.
0: there, <laughs> so it literally,
2: is. yeah. yeah. Um,
1: All right, I got the next one. So uh, oh. yeah, I like it. Oh I'm boy. jumping in. So, uh, what about the best city to live in?
2: Um, Budapest. Mm-hmm. Um, because I lived in the middle of the city with Brayden Lee when we played for the Budapest Reds, and that was one of my best experiences. Um, Auckland, I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, And then living-wise, I kind of lived out in the sticks. Like, currently, I live in the middle of the Japanese country, so I don't really know. And then where I lived in the Netherlands, um, I was actually a 30-minute, like, car ride from the city, like from Harlem. So, um, I actually really liked Wiener Neustadt as well. It was really Mm -hmm. fun when we were able to go out and do things. Um, the ducks know how to party. Good job ducks. Um, it was a good time. So yeah.
0: Oh, I guess it's my turn. Um, (laughs) top three, um, local cuisine. That, Ooh. that you like Ooh, i like that i gotta eat that again someday
2: and just anywhere
0: anywhere of those three of those countries
2: okay. goulash goulash from hungary that's one of my favorites whenever i go back i love easy easy dish um here in japan they have ramen which is one of my favorites um, and then of course italy you just have the pizza pasta galore like anything there <laughs> is just top tier and one thing that i do like here just to go on a fourth is they have something called hachimitsu pizza and it's literally honey pizza and it's honey with like a creamy white sauce on pizza and it's it's good oh, it's something different that they wouldn't make here but normally but because they do include other cultures here yeah it's the one i like it a lot ellen loves it it's one of her favorites
0: i just got the brownies <laughs>
1: Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> All right, next one. Uh top three uh most welcoming people, like most welcoming team in culture.
2: Japan, straight up, top, welcome. The whole the whole country, not just my team. Literally anywhere you go, especially being a foreigner, you get looks, you get good mornings. It's it's kind of like I'm an alien some days, but it's it's a good alien. Um mm-hmm trying to think where else I know for Lee was one of they were one of my welcoming teams I absolutely loved the way that they brought us in there me and Sarah um Polly um yeah and
1: and that's Italy s- just for people who don't yes know.
2: Italy. Okay. oh man yeah and um oh, this is a tough one because I really liked Mm, okay New Zealand for sure because I was trying to pick a team I can't pick a team because I've played for two different teams in New Zealand um but every time I go back to New Zealand I like cry when I'm flying into Auckland and when I'm leaving Auckland like I can't it's there's something there and the people are just amazing 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 humans and they know how to party and play softball at the same time basically so that's that's a plus
1: New but. Zealand was an awesome <laughs> experience
0: I loved it there too yes. like, yeah yeah
2: I'm yes. so jealous
0: of both of you. <laughs> I've played one season. We've got to do it again. Stayed. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe bad. maybe, maybe coaching, but no one's going to pay me, but I'll I'll pay my own way. Um, this is winter ball. <laughs> yeah. I'll just I'll hit Fungo for your team. How about that? Just, Let's
2: do it. I'll sign up for that.
0: <laughs> um, last one of the top three from all those countries and cities lifestyle and why
2: lifestyle Japan. Um, again, I love the lifestyle here in the sense of the things that you learn, not being a local. I have talked with um, Ellen before about this, like growing up here might suck a bit because they do certain things like just the way that they are, raised and like in some of the things are really ingrained in them that they're not going to be able to break that we have more freedom with in America. If that makes sense, it's very difficult to have your freedoms here, but the things that you do learn from the outside here is incredible. And just the hospitality here, hands down the best, um, lifestyle again, New Zealand. Um, there's something for everybody there, (laughs) whatever you're looking for, you can find it. Um, and I often get asked like where I would end up in the world. And I hate to put Europe in like a box, but like Europe in general would be just amazing anywhere to land because you can go anywhere You're and you travel for two hours on a train. You're in a whole new country, culture, food, language, everything. So I think I cheated my way out of that answer, but that's what I'm going to go with. So. <laughs>
0: Jimmy and I can attest to that, that third yes. We're <laughs> mm-hmm. in the center of Europe. We border eight countries. Like it's so
2: cool. Like
0: yeah, I love it. hop on a plane and I'm in two hours. I'm in Eng- England or I'm, in, yeah. I'm in the Netherlands, you know, it's like, it's, I love it. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. And I, I can attest to the, just the, I spent two weeks in Japan, 10 days in Japan and Japan and, you know, and I didn't dive in like like you did. I, I was a baseball tourist and sitting in Irish pubs like an idiot. Um, but I have to say, like, I felt like I was in Canada in a way um, because I'm so used to Europe and these old buildings and everything. And everything, again, was modern looking. Looked yeah. back home, but everybody was Japanese. And just everybody yes. was just so friendly. Like, I felt like, people are you know, polite and everything and I just felt like I was in Canada. So it really felt like a, like I was at home a little bit until I had a question for somebody and then I
2: was <laughs> yeah, until you had to speak <laughs> when they had to respond.
0: Yeah. Yep. I mean I wanna to go to Japan. I get... Yeah. I wanna go back for sure, Jimmy. We should We do gotta a do a stadium
2: together. tour. That'd I'm be cool. Put- Put it in the books. We're doing a stadium tour and the Koshine. Oh gosh, Kosh Koshine Koshine. I butchered that. The um, local high school tournament or like the national oh, yeah. tournament for high school. That that's
0: that's huge.
2: Just as many crowds. Yeah.
0: This is a good opportunity to give uh, our our partners their Japan ball a shout out because they actually sure. do yes. they do baseball tours that go to Japan. Yeah. Um, They do a great job. So, um, I, I, that's on the bucket Mm -hmm. list. Lisa, this has been great, really informative. Uh, and it was awesome that we got to catch up at the same time. We didn't even talk about you working with us and how, you know, you're Mm -hmm. still very supportive and, and, you know, you're there for us when, when, when we need you and, and you're sit on our board of directors and, uh, you know, (laughs) but you know, we miss you and you did a tremendous job with us and you've paved the way for a lot of, um, girls like yourself to go overseas and and um yeah you've just been um a great addition to the team since since day one and you know um, we're glad that you are still are on board in some capacity
2: yeah. oh thank you yeah i definitely wouldn't be where i am today without baseball jobs in the first place ibc and then just the support of you guys in the community as well and the opportunities to work for baseball jobs and again like I do want to help grow the sport and I do want to help get other people this opportunity and like baseball and softball wise. And yeah, baseball jobs is just really doing that for a lot of people. So thank you for giving us the opportunity as players to live this dream. Cause again, like you can't, <laughs> you can't take that for granted. So a lot of us are very happy to be overseas and just be extending our career and traveling and doing things like that. So it's yeah. all cause of baseball jobs.
0: Appreciate yeah. it. And, and with that being said, thanks for, recommending sarah to us who is doing also a great job and you knew she would you said she would and that's exactly what she's doing so anyone that's listening to this that wants to play overseas of course they can reach out to you but they could also contact sarah at s edwards at softballjobs overseas.com i screwed that up on the last one that's why i had to say it that way (laughs)
2: happens (laughs) yeah Yeah, she's a nice Lady. I like what she's doing, and then yeah, we've played together in the past. We've lived together. We've done the whole thing. So, and yeah, she's, she's very helpful. She's very good for what software needs right now.
0: So, she's, you know, doesn't isn't yeah. quite as experienced in playing around the world as you are, but she's not too far behind. She's she's been doing it for a while now. So. Um, um so there's just more and more girls like yeah. girls that are going overseas and then like they don't come home, you know. So, yeah, well, but speaking of that, when's the last yeah, time that's you're okay. home? How long, how, how much have you been home in the last two years since you've been in Japan?
2: God, so well, since I've been in Japan, I've only been out of the country for since I got here when COVID started, I've been gone for maybe six weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, oh, so,
2: March. 000, Twenty,
0: that's crazy. Yeah, I
2: don't know. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. Also, that your Japan experience has been only COVID. So imagine, like, if there's ever a post-COVID era and you're still there, that'd be pretty cool.
2: It'd be lovely. We can travel and things. The other imports and I were talking about that because, like, it gets pretty lonely and tiresome here, to be honest, because of the schedule. And you're not allowed to just like take a day trip. At this moment, you're not allowed to do much anything except practice and be with your team and things like that, which is good. Um, but again, we do need a bit of a break, not just myself, but the team just need a day to breathe. And some days we don't have that. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks.
0: Really informative. Awesome to hear your story. I've been wanting personally just to catch up with you and hear your stories. So yep.
2: yes, anytime,
0: but it was cool. Um,
2: Jimmy get better.
0: Yeah, I'm I will. I'm recovering, <laughs> feeling better.
1: Sorry for coughing throughout the podcast, but Thanks, guys. All right, good seeing you, Lisa. All
2: right, thank you. Have a good day.
0: You too. See See you. you. Have a good night.
2: Have a
0: good night. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm ready for bed.
0: If you're interested in taking your softball career overseas, the best way to go about it is to head over to BaseballJobsOverseas.com. And fill out the feedback form that we have right on the front page of the website, and we'll get back to you with some feedback on what your chances are and in which leagues, in which countries, and we'll answer any questions you have. If you want to learn more about playing softball overseas, you can follow us on our Instagram account at overseas, and you could also go to our blog at baseballjobsoverseas.com and there's plenty of interviews, podcast interviews like this, video on playing softball overseas. Once again, thanks for listening and until next time, may the softball gods be with you.